Hello, everybody, and welcome to North 100, a Canadian Highlander podcast. I'm back! I'm really excited. Thank you hey. so much, uh, Jaron Liam, for just crushing it while uh, Alex and I were out of town. Anyways, a reminder that uh, I'm Serge. They might, from, they might have forgotten. Back from that thing. It's been a while, but hello again, everybody. Uh, joining me, as always, is Jaron Liam. Uh, the the hosts with the most who've been just rocking it for the past couple weeks. 100% attendance rate. Yeah. No, right. You guys yes. haven't missed anything yet. Correct. Wow. Technically, Liam, no, you didn't miss one. Did not. You were going to miss one, but then didn't. Yeah. Correct. Amazing. Amazing. I'm, uh, I'm a slacker here. Thank you very much, friends. And a reminder that uh, North 100 is brought to you by you with your support at the Patreon at patreon.com slash loadingreadyrun. Well, let's get back into the traditional swing of things with the best card you're not playing, and up today is me. Uh, I want to talk about Assemble the Legion. This is uh, one of my favorite cards to play in the archetype that we're going to be talking about today, which is Prison. Bear, 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 bear. Why is no one else celebrating? Uh, the air horns, uh, they're dead, actually. They're locked out. They. Uh, oh, really? We yeah, moved yeah. on past the, air horns? Well, no, no. The power supply got locked out by the prison. Oh, okay. No, that's fair. You, you got rid of all my mana, so I can't <laughs> I can't make air horn sounds. Uh, no, so, all right. Uh, Symbol the Legion is a five mana enchantment for three and red and white. It has the following text. At the beginning of your upkeep, put a muster counter on the Legion. Then put a 1-1 one, one red and white soldier creature with haste onto the battlefield for each muster counter on Assemble Legion. Muster counter, one of the more exciting types of counters. Yeah, not mustard, less delicious, but still good. Yeah. Uh, I love this card as a win-con in prison decks uh, for two reasons. One, it's an enchantment, it's hard for them to get rid of. Two, it's an enchantment, so it doesn't die to your own wrath. And three, it's an enchantment, so when you wrath your own Academy Rector, you get to put it into play. It attacks, it protects, this card does everything. Don't forget four, it's an enchantment, so all your tutors find it. And all your tutors find it, yeah. Very, very solid on that. I don't know. I don't think this card is an auto-include in a lot of lists. I think it's very powerful, and people, you know, it definitely sees play in a lot of other formats, but if you're looking at five drops in Highlander, you might not consider some of the Legion, but I think this is, as the segment says, the best card you're not playing. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Assemble is that it requires... You to get to five mana and for the game to go along, which is something Prison is great at. Loves it. But a lot of other decks are not. Well, the amazing thing with Assemble the Legion is this ends games. It it will end games. Yeah, totally. It, it like, even after turn three when you're cracking in for six, they're like, holy moly. Tur turn three of Assemble the Legion, right? Yeah. We're not, we're not Sorry, just no. like Lotus, <laughs> Mox, well, Assemble. If you're, if you're starting with this in play. You know, right. Leyline of assembled the after Legion. your after your Karn ultimate, you know, yeah. <laughs> which is another another Ooh. valid win con for uh, for prison. All right, let's talk about today's theme. Spoilers: It's prison. Uh, we are talking about my favorite pet archetype. Um, that 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 feel good archetype where both you and your opponent don't do anything, but you're doing slightly less. Uh, your favorite and mine, the prison, also known as tax and pox, and that's, I mean, I'm kind of fuzzing it together there, but the sort of, the sort of attrition and, and lock style game. And, uh, Jerry, you want to start us off with a rough definition? Yeah, so to me, prison is sort of like a subset of control. It's a tap-out, proactive control deck. Okay. And so what I mean by that is you're not reactively answering your opponent's threats, you're proactively trying to make it so their threats either don't matter or they can't cast them. Yeah. Yeah, totally fair. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to use the word attrition a lot, because um, that's that's sort of how these, how these decks get there. And I've broken it down into sort of four different ways. There's hand attrition, land attrition, 
uh, creature attrition and converted mana cost attrition. And I think that's a pretty good way to look at, at, at that subject and stuff like that. Um, when we talked about, I mean, hand attrition is probably the, the one that's the most straightforward, hand attack. Um, make it so that they can't cast any spells because they never have anything in hand. Uh, so a great example of that sort of uh, in, in the pox theme is the card smallpox. And actually, I mean, that's not just hand, that's, that's everything we're looking at. That should have been no, the conclusion. I mean, this sort of, yeah, encapsulates a lot of the sort of prison-y aspects. So smallpox is a card for black-black that says each player loses a life, discards a card, sacrifices a creature, and then also sacrifices a land. Uh, I don't know, with the, with the hand attack stuff like that, it's... Since there's so few instant speed hand attacks, like, getting to that point of the game where they don't have anything in hand is always kind of neat. Yeah. I think one thing that's kind of interesting, too, about these attrition types is that generally in prison and in magic broadly, um, many of the cards that are going to generate this kind of attrition are symmetrical. Yeah. And prison, a lot of the times, is about breaking the symmetry on those kinds of cards. Yeah. Um, so it's quite hard to discard your, your opponent's entire hand um, while keeping a hand yourself. Yeah. So instead, when you're using a card like Liliana of the Veil... Um, or smallpox. Or smallpox. You have to find ways in uh, in your deck to make it so that you don't mind yeah, not yeah, having yeah, yeah. any cards in hand, right? That's an excellent um, thing. I think one of my favorite locks, and and so before the episode when I proposed the idea of prison, uh, Liam told me he was going to put together a list of all the janky prison locks yeah, and, see, and see how many I bring up. So I'm going to start with one of my favorite ones, which is a hand lock, and that is... Chains of Mephistopheles. I know the second card. Me yeah. too. Uh, so Chains of Mephistopheles is a two-mana black enchantment where... Let's see what words... Uh, which words uh, the card's using here. So for one and a black, it says, If a player would draw a card except for the first one he or she would draw... In, oh my god. In their draw <laughs> step each turn, that player discards a card instead. If the player discards a card this way, they draw a card. If the player doesn't discard a, card, uh, discard a card this way, mill one. I think I got close enough on that. I got to the point. Yeah. And the second lock piece of this is a card called Anvil of Bogarden, which is a two-mana artifact that reads, each player discards their discard phase. During each player's draw phase, they draw an additional card and then discard a card. Uh, and because I'm going to butcher it, Jer, can you tell me how the lock works? Uh, yeah, so... After you draw the card in your turn, Anvil triggers. Mm -hmm. So then you would draw another card, but it's affected by the replacement effect of Chains. Chains. So you discard, then draw, then you have to discard to Anvil. Yeah. So what this does, if you have these two cards in, in turn, if you don't have more than one card in hand, you will never be able to draw an additional card. So if you have one card in hand, your turn goes draw draw, discard, discard, and you still just have one. You can sort of filter through it, and at any point you're in top deck mode, you will never get to draw a card. You're instantly discarding it, and there's no window of time in between where you can cast an instant or something like that. There, the, there is in response to the anvil trigger. Oh, after, really? After oh, your, you have the first card, and you yeah, can you, you, you draw, oh, and mistake. then then anvil triggers. Okay. So, I'm 90% I'm sure it's a trigger. <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll go with that for now. We'll see. I mean, they'll let us know down in the comments yeah, and stuff yeah, like that. I think that. it's like Howling Mine. Yeah. That, that's, that's how it looks to me, but with these old cards, you can never be sure what the actual Oracle text the is. The word Little Arata and stuff like that. So I think 
oh man, I'm just like, I'm overwhelmed. There's so much I want to talk about in prison and stuff like that. So the draw. Let's move on to the next type, land attrition. And I think this is the part that players are most familiar with. You know, strip mine, wasteland, um, or the extra spicy, oh, help me out, black, black sorcery. Sinkhole. Sinkhole, dust bowl. Yeah, there are so many effects that you can use to destroy a land uh, that your opponent controls and often at the cost of one of your own. Mm -hmm. um, how do I want to move on from that? I mean, the biggest issue I've when always... You want, you want to talk about the bigger ones too, like Wildfires, Armageddon's. Moving all the way up, yeah. Uh, there's uh, So there's a couple different ways prison strategies can utilize the landlock. One is sort of a, a grindy attrition style, which is normally a green base. So they'll use Crucible of Worlds or Life from the Loam, it'll trade one for one, and they'll slowly start to try and grind you out of mana while bringing their own side. And then there's a more ramp style uh, land lock, which is red-white based. You know, they'll ramp up to Wildfire or Armageddon and, and lock you out that way, which is... And, uh, I want to say great, but that's not... I'm like trying to rein back my language here. To, to go back to what Liam was saying and how these decks are breaking symmetry, the, the green-based decks are looking to play additional lands in order to break the symmetry, because otherwise yeah. they're not advancing their own game plan while just trading one for one, so they play cards like Exploration, Fast Bond, yeah. the creatures that you play an additional land, so they're able to Wasteland or Strip Mine you and play an additional land. And the decks that are playing Armageddon and Wildfire are playing lots of artifact mana, typically, so that they're once a bunch of lands are gone, or all the lands are gone, then they're able to still operate and, and function, at yeah. least at a minimal level as opposed to not at all. Uh, another type of attrition is creature attrition. This is fairly standard. You see this even in control decks, which is make the the board as hostile a place for creatures as possible. Yep. So, you know, low game, while uh, you can do uh, pyroclasms, and then you get into effects like Wrath of God, and finally, my favorite, are the, the tabernacle, the attack type effects. You know, uh, pay a mana uh, or, sac or destroy your creature, which is tough to do if they also have no lands get one of my favorites, the actual card, Attrition. Wait, Attrition is a card? <laughs> yeah, actual literal It's one attrition. of my favorite cards. Playable in it's Aristocrat. Oh, yeah. classic! One I forgot black, about this black card. Enchantment, pay a black, sacrifice a creature, destroy target non-black creature. So it's like, great, you're still trading one for one, Yeah. but the way you break this is with, in, in some prison decks, you go heavy on like the smokestacks theme, so you're making a lot of tokens. Yeah. And so you're trading your token for their Tarmogoyf, your token for their big creature. Well, I mean, the classic sort of creature win con for the style of black deck like that is Nether Spirit? Is that its name? The one that comes back yeah. in your upkeep if it's the only creature in your graveyard? Yeah, so uh, one black black for a 2-2 two, two spirit at the beginning of your upkeep of Nether Spirit is the only creature card in your graveyard you may return it to play. Now, unfortunately, Nether Spirit not really playable in Highlander, which is tough. Too I've many never... ways to exile it. Not only too many ways to exile it, but in a hundred card deck, it's not really reliable to ever get it into your bin. I mean, I played, I played oh, I, I mean, sixty you're card draw it eventually. <laughs> the, the game's going hundred game, turns. If the game goes long enough, you'll it, eventually it's draw. It's great with another. the anvil lock. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I've. Mm. It's like eventually I'm gonna bin this Nether Spirit and then you're dead. <laughs> and then I'm gonna kill you with it. But then it's in like your bottom ten and you just like can't actually clock them fast enough. Oh, they've dealt themselves at least like four. Yeah. So it needs to be in the bottom eight. Yeah, uh, when you got when you got your, your Zozu and your Ankh of Mishra, <laughs> they're already low enough that you only have to hit them twice with Nether Spirit. Um, playing Zozu and Ankh of Mishra in prison? Oh. Oh yeah, man. In my red white builds, that's that's the extra spice that that what little bit of picante. What if you play against a red deck? Don't even worry about it. No, <laughs> you're you're just super dead against the red deck. One of my uh, one of one of the locks I was 
talking about with a uh, friend of the show, Chris, yeah. that uh, definitely is hostile to creatures is the old humility, power stone, minefield. Oh, that's classic. That's the classic Chris, Chris lot. Yeah, so humility, a four mana white enchantment for two white white that says all creatures lose all abilities and become one ones. And then Power Stone Minefield is a four mana red white enchantment for two red white that says whenever a creature attacks or blocks, they take two damage. So you're like, your creatures, they do nothing. <laughs> well, they can't attack, that's for sure. Or yeah. block. Or, or block. have abilities. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, one thing that you'll notice is a common trend in all these cards we've talked about, not a whole lot of them are cheap. Um, which yeah. means that basically all prison decks, this is going to be fairly consistent across all of them, is that they need to have ramp in them. Yeah. Um, and Jar alluded to it where he was talking about the different types of ramp. But you just you just have to. You can't be planning to cast Humility on turn four, cast Power Stone Minefield no. on turn five. You're gonna die. You're not playing fair magic here. No, exactly. Yeah. You need to you need to be doing things to accelerate into well, those. Especially against blue decks as well, you need to have something powerful to do on turn two. Before that's, them. Yeah. That's, before they get the counter spells out. That's that's the turn you needed against blue decks. Just like planning to be like Oh, sweet, I have a bunch of sweet, powerful four-mana spells in the blue deck. Just like, Daze, <laughs> Force Spike, yeah. Mana Leak. Well, that, that actually segues nicely into our final type of, of attrition. The final way to sort of interact with your opponent is to mess with the, the converted mana cost of cards. Uh, and these are effects that will make spells more expensive or disruptive in some so way. So not, not the converted mana cost, just the cost of spells. Sure, pardon me, of yeah. course. Cars, of course, of course, of course. Uh, so an example of that would be the card Trinisphere. T-R-I-N-I. Uh, Trinisphere uh, is a three-mana artifact that says, as long as Trinisphere is untapped, which is more relevant than you'd think, um, each spell that would cost less than three mana to play now costs three. So, like, nice days there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I've yeah. always been curious what the Tobago Sphere would be like. I don't know. <laughs> no, Trinidad and Tobago? You haven't heard? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> in my head, I was like, I was like, Tobago, is that four? Like, Look, what language? I'm, what language I'm, I'm going to admit, I spent far too long preparing that joke because I knew we were going to talk about Trinisphere. <laughs> I, I was certain it was going to happen. Yeah, into the sea with Liam. No. <laughs> that's an island. I, that's that's fun and stuff like that. Um, so that sort of covers most of the things that a, 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 a prison-style deck is going to try and, and interact with. Your hand, your land, your creatures, or the cost of spells are, are sort of the classic log pieces. I actually have a question, because we, we sort of talked about it very briefly, but you were talking about cards like Ankh of Mishra yeah. uh, and Zozu. Is your opponent's life total something that you're attacking with prison ever? Or like you're ever trying to make no, it no. so that it's like painful <laughs> to play the game? Okay, so, so it's... It's it's interesting. Like the way the way I play prison, and, and correct me if you have different experiences here, strategy one is don't lose. Mm -hmm. It's not how do I win, it's how do I not lose. Right. Um, which is basically like, how do I disrupt my opponent's win strategy and take them out of the game? And then step two is, okay, great, now that that's done, now can I win? Right. Um, and so Ankh, Ankh is sort of this really weird card that... <sighs> how do I evaluate that card? Often it sucks. <laughs> like, yeah, it just doesn't seem like it fits into that definition of, well, so of how you want the games to it, go. It sort of says your opponent can only play 10 lands this game. So yeah. if you're destroying their lands a lot, like that's relevant, and it, it's really vicious against fetch lands in particular. It is. I, I often use it as, as a way against control to make it tough for them, because if you're mm. playing a land denial start, uh, style deck, which is almost exclusively green-black or red-white ramp... Um, you want to take out their lands and then punish them when they try and rebuild their board afterwards. Okay. Um, and, and that's one of the ways I've thought about it. And it's tough because it's not a lock piece. 
It doesn't actually dissuade them from doing anything, especially if they kill you ahead of time. And it's a sort of an awkward win con afterwards, but it, it, it just... It has that, that mean spirit of the prison, you know? I mean, it is sort of a lock piece, right? Because it does limit the number of lands that they can play eventually. It's just that the one, the one awkward thing is that the prison deck does not do an especially good job of uh, leveraging the life total advantage that you're going to generate yeah. from it, right? Like, yeah. one is not zero is maybe the most, like, true against prison, where, like, if you're not actually dead, they're not going to kill you out of nowhere very often. Yeah, the... The difficult thing in evaluating every card in prison when you're building it, we can try and include this conversation when we get into the topic of different types of prison, is how badly do I hose myself off my own lock pieces? Really, right? Like, the number of mm -hmm. times that I've played uh, a basic tax effect, um, help me out, one of the two-mana stones. Sphere that, of Resistance. Like, Sphere of Resistance. So Sphere of Resistance is a two-mana uh, artifact that makes everything, all spells cost one more. Um, and I'm like, great, I'm going to play this on turn two, I'm going to ramp through it, it's not going to matter, because I went like, turn one, land, Sol, rank, sphere of resistance, this is great. And then they play a creature or two, and now I have six mana uh, to cast my wildfire, but I need seven. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and while my opponent stumbled a little bit to play two creatures, they still play two creatures, and I'm just dead here, because I can't actually cast my six drop spell. So... That, that is the constant struggle you find with these effects. So like Ankhamishra, great. I've dealt eight damage to my opponent. All their fetch lands suck. I'm still dead. Hmm. <laughs> right, because it's symmetrical too, right? Yeah. You, you can't play any, that many more lands either. Yeah, and that's, and that's sort of always been the reason why I've never done well with prison. <laughs> is there some way we can force people to put lands into play with Ankh and play? Sorry, I this that's not a prison strategy. Whoa, what's that what's that some, green what's that green spell oh, that there's veteran explorer. Yeah. That's only two. I, is I, it I, May or do they have to do it? No, it's a May. It's, it's a oh May. man. I mean you can field of ruin people. <laughs> still they can still enough. fail to find. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, they can always they can always choose to not like, hey sorry, I'm all out of basics. And you're like, damn. What about like And then they play a swamp next What time. about like <laughs> warp worlding? Does that work? You might also die. Yeah. <laughs> you might also just die. <laughs> that sounds excellent. But then then we're playing Warp World and we have far bigger problems. <laughs> Actually, Warp World might not be terrible because you're going to have all these giant, dirtily, like, eight mana spells anyways. <laughs> oh, his eyebrow actually twitched. We actually made his eyebrow twitch. I'm so sorry. It's my first day back and I'm, I'm, I actually I'm, hurt Jer. I'm oh not. God. Don't worry. All right. Let's, let's circle back to types of prison. Oh, no. <laughs> um, and and this is a massive oversimplification, but I always I always like to think of prison as sort of like, are you a tax deck, are you a pox deck, or are you like a rampy wildfire style deck? Um, I think are sort of like the three main strategies to play. So the tax deck is is the classic. Um, I, I I I think of them as blue or white style decks. So propaganda is a very classic tax style effect. It's a three mana blue enchantment for two and a blue that just says creatures can't attack you unless their controller pays two for each attacking creature. Um, and, and the style of deck there is you make yourself a pillow fort. You make yourself a nice cozy little home behind all of your enchantments and all your stuff where you're like, good, I'm safe now. They can't do anything. Um, a pock style deck is the one where instead of building up your board, you constantly start limiting the number of things that exist. So nobody has a hand, nobody has lands, nobody has creatures. And that's a style of deck that you'll see Nether Spirit in. Uh, so smallpox and the Nether Spirit. And as Liam was saying, how do you break um, 
how do you break the lock in that deck? Well, you have to use your resources in interesting ways. You need to leverage your graveyard. You need some way to do it. Uh, and then the final style I have is the Wildfire deck, which is probably my favorite style. Uh, so Wildfire is a six mana spell that will destroy all the creatures and stuff. So in this strategy, you often go with a lot of very cheap accelerants and then explode the board. Um, and your win cons of that are normally, I don't know, Painter Servant? Dragons. Dra really? You play dragons in the Wildfire deck? Yeah. Well, yeah, the most popular <clears throat> Wildfire deck is Big Red. And then you're just like sort of playing like... Planeswalkers. Half... Yeah. half you're sort of like a big mid-ranger control deck. Yeah. Like, not necessarily prison, but it's probably the most successful wild, wildfire deck we have in the format. Yeah. It's just like... Yeah, like, Big Idiot Dragons is is just, like, the other name for that deck, too. Like, Yeah. But that's that's not a prison deck. That's just a ramp deck. Let's talk about the prison version. No, no, no. Like, it's it's a prison oh, really? deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the plan is, like, turn one Trinisphere, turn three Dragon, kill you. Or it's playing Blood Moons, Trinispheres, yeah. other spheres. It's, like, not playing as many lock pieces, but sure. it's... It's playing disruption more, and, and more, cons. more speed bumps than lock pieces, I guess. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, like I've definitely watched Matt in three consecutive games go uh, turn one Transfere in game one. He won that game. Then he played turn one Blood Moon in game two. He lost that game. Then huh. he played turn one Magus of the Moon in game three, and he won that game. <laughs> and he was just like hard mulliganing for like Soul Lands and Simeon Spirit guys yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Oh, the mulling in this deck. I mean, the one big issue I've had when playing a Wildfire-style deck is, oh, it's so wildly inconsistent. You're just like, I have all ramp and no top end. I have all top end and no ramp. I mean, pr prison decks in general are typically not the most consistent. Yeah. Just because you have so many cards that do different things and you're, you're not typically able to play any sort of, like, deck filtration because it's usually Red. cheap spells. And, and you're not necessarily in the deck filtration colors. But you usually don't want to have too many cheap spells in your deck because those are the kinds of things you're trying to hate out. So yeah. as you were talking earlier, you, you don't want to make make your taxation effects too impactful to your own game plan. Yeah, the mulligan on that's kind of great. So we've talked about types of attrition. We've talked about types of prison. How do you actually win? And I love my notes on here. It's just like, how do you win? It's just like dot, dot, dot. Yeah, many ellipses. Dot, 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 an entire blank line. And it's just like planeswalkers? Yeah, that that's typically one of the one of the better ways to win in prison just because they don't typically get interacted with the easiest. It's easy for them to sit there under your taxation yeah. effects and just like slowly win the game because you're trying to draw out these games and one of the best things to have in play during a drawn out game is a planeswalker. They generate so much card advantage. And again, if you're looking at the types of attrition, hand, land, creatures, and and the cost of spells. Um, and the effects we're talking about, wildfire, destroys lands and creatures, smallpox, destroys lands, creatures, and hands and spell. Um, planeswalkers, and then also the enchantments and, and artifacts that we've mentioned a lot here, they survive all those effects. So the sorts of things that you can, you can play while hating out your opponent's strategies are great to win there. Um, the other way that I've, I've typically won in the past is through combo. Um, and you see that in a sort of like the legacy wildfire version as well, um, Painterstone, Grindstone. Painter's Stone, Painter's Servant, and Grindstone. Um, there's a lot of natural synergy in the in the uh, red-white version of the Wildfire deck um, that um, help me out. Imperial Recruiter. Yeah, yeah. You have ways to find these combos because you're looking to tutor for artifacts, 
Anyway, Imperial Recruiter is like a card that finds Magus of the Moon and a way to win the game. Yeah. Um, in Legacy, it's a similar idea too, right? You're Imperial Recruiting for Maguses, and then eventually you're Grindstoning. I think in Legacy, the Grindstone decks tend to be a little more combo-oriented and slightly less like lockout-oriented, but it's a similar idea. Well, yeah, like, I don't know. They're, they're just trying to lock you out with, like, exactly Blood Boon. Is, is their plan. Yeah, like, like you I mean, always it's much want better to be on that plan. Yeah, legacy. sometimes they have one in Staring Bridge main, but, like, it's just, like, the diversity of their lock pieces are obviously much narrower in Legacy than in than in Highlander, just because they get to play four Blood Moons, and the nature of the Legacy format is that Blood Moon often ends the game on the spot when it's yeah. resolved. Yeah, if you can get it on Especially in game one. So here's here's a question for you guys, and evaluating lock pieces that are great in Legacy and not so great in Canadian Highlander. What do you think of uh, XX Chalice of the Void? Chalice of the Void. So what I think, th yeah, that card's like one of the one of the single best cards in Legacy. It's it's arguably a pillar, like a pillar of the format right now. Like you can, can explain Chalice of the Void real quick. Yeah, so Chalice of the Void costs XX, which means you have to pay X twice. So you can either cast it for two mana to get one counter on it four mana to get two counters on it, zero mana to get zero counters on it, mm -hmm. and here's what you get for your mana. Chalice of the Void enters the battlefield with X charge counters on it. Whenever a player casts a spell with converted mana cost equal to the number of charge counters on Chalice of the Void, counter that spell. Yeah. And so what you're trying to do is cast it for one on turn one with either like a Simeon Spirit Guide or a Soul Land or something, and then your opponent's locked out of one mana spells. The problem with that in Highlander is that the converted mana cost of decks is much more diverse than it yeah. is in Legacy. There are totally. a bunch of decks in Legacy that have 31 drops, 4 2 drops, and then... That's it? That's it. Maybe Batterskull? <laughs> yeah. And so you're you're potentially locking out half of somebody's deck or 33% of somebody's deck with a Chalice on one. Yeah. And that makes it really hard for them to play the game. But in Highlander, I'd I, Burn's got to be the deck with the most one drops. Yeah. They, they probably have 30-ish max. No, it's tough. I, I think it, it depends on the build, but yeah, like they're certainly not more than forty. Okay, yeah, and that's like literal best case, yeah. best case scenario. You're like maybe against control, I can hit two and, and dodge counter spells, but even the counter spells have so much variety in CMC. Yeah, there's a bunch of three and then you're, and a bunch and of ones, fours and fives. I mean, everybody's playing cryptic, everybody's playing mystic confluence. Like you have you have so many choices by necessity. So I don't know. I, I, so we're in agreement that it's like it's it's sad that that classic classic lock piece just doesn't work in our format. Really tragic. What? <laughs> it it just leads to like some of the most non games ever. Like I used to play Storm and Legacy, and yeah. it was like the most miserable thing to see game one because like half your like literally half your sideboard is devoted to beating this one card, just because that's how big of a problem it is. Huh. Yeah, I, it's it's interesting too because there are people who have still played Chalice of the Void yeah, because I've tried it. Yeah, I, because you can do, you can use it as a way to lock out cards that you think are going to matter, and it does sure. let you set up your game plan in a way where you can say like, okay, I'm going to have this like uh, the 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 number I've actually seen it played on the most is two. Yeah. Um. So you you like you'll play Chalice on two, and then you get to construct your game plan assuming that those spells aren't going to resolve anymore. Um. Which helps a bunch. Like against the blue decks, even though there are varied counter spells, like hitting two is going to hit more of them than any of the other ones. Um, hitting two against a bunch of the creature decks is pretty good. And the most important thing is that uh, hitting two against a lot of the combo decks is is lights out. Right. Um, 
because a lot of the really potent combo cards are at two. So, mm. so I've, I've seen it, certainly, like, in the era when um, Lotus DT Storm was one of the better decks. I saw more Chalices because Chalice on two was, was kind of game-ending. And even Chalice on zero was really good against yes, that deck. that's yeah. true as well. But increasingly now, when you look at the combo decks that are around in the format, it's things like the, the Academy Ramp deck, where Chalice is a actively rancid against that deck. It's just not very good. Um, they have a really varied converted mana cost. Like, you, you play your Chalice on two, and then your opponent casts their Ur Golem's Eye, and you're just sad, right? Because <laughs> they're ramping anyway. Like, they, they weren't looking to do things on the cheap. <laughs> As is. Um, so yeah, so I, I don't know. It, it's an interesting one to bring up for sure. All right, let's talk about prison matchups. Um, what are the, the good matchups and the bad matchups? And honestly, I think prison is an archetype that preys on fair decks and loses to unfair decks. Hmm. What do you think about that evaluation? I'm not sure I agree with that. I think you, I think actually like slower attrition-y combo decks are the best matchups for prison decks. I mean, I guess RDW is kind of... Do you think if Red Deck wins as a fair deck? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Definitely. That's, oh. That's, that's the worst matchup. Like, that's a terrible easily. matchup. It's awful. I'll, I don't know. I think about like Lightning Bolt to the face. Is, 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 that's not very fair. Like, they're, not, they're not playing <laughs> creatures that I can kill. I can't interact with this deck. That's not fair at all. They're also playing Goblin Guides. <laughs> and, like, and this clock that they have. That clock they're isn't fair. They're playing Jackal Pup. Yeah. Like, I can't beat that card. <laughs> Well, that's that, does, that doesn't mean it's not fair. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I sort of fall in the middle. I think that prison doesn't have any good matchups. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> I, I also think a lot of prison decks, it just, it's just super draw dependent. Their, their draws vary so widely. Like, yeah. it's like your good draws where you like have three mana on turn one and Trinisphere them. You're probably beating any deck. Yeah. So when I put together, when I put together, uh, I, I had a pretty good run with Mardu Prison for a while. And unfortunately, it coincided with the time that Ben stumbled upon Hoof at the first time, when you could still play like Lotus and Hoof, as well as Natural Order and a bunch of stuff, and that deck just like crushed everybody. And I had three Mondays in a row where I met Ben in the finals and he crushed me. And I was just like, I'm in Mardu. Like, this should be a good matchup for me. I have Pyroclasm to kill all of his elves. I have Wildfire to kill all of his elves. I have Wrath of God to kill all of his elves. Wildfire is the best card against against Hoof. And how does how does he beat Humility? The Plains answer walkers. is he can beat Humility. <laughs> no, the one he had one out and he got it, which is um, Primal Command. Primal Command. I mean, Jared is no scope. The answer there, he's like, I knew exactly what it was. Well, it's I, the only non-creature answer that I've, they really play. I've played a lot of Crater Hoof. Yeah, and and I thought that like that deck wants to play against the creature deck, provided it's not Burn. Like Burn is kind of tough. I mean. If you get if you get your Leyland of Sanctity out, you're like not just straight dead to 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 red, but it's it's kind of tough. The real answer is Rune of Protection Red. That's the hot tag. You know what's interesting? I thought about Rune of Protection Red for a while there. So it's a two mana uh, enchantment for one and a white. For one and a white that says pay a white, prevent all damage it would be able to you from a red source. Or if you don't play against the red deck, you can cycle it for two. And I've owned this car. I actually have Rune of Protection for everything when I was really going deep down down the uh, down the prison rabbit hole there. And I just, uh, it just never made it in. Yeah, clearly you needed Rune of Protection green. Stop dying to this crater. You know the card that I played over it was Story Circle. Story Circle's a good one? Yeah, Story Circle, three-man enchantment for white, or two and a white. 
Oh, one white, white, pardon me. You choose the color and then white, you can prevent it. I thought it was a little bit more versatile. And actually, oh, you know the best card that you're not playing that I should have named? Um, Aura of Silence. That card is really sweet. Aura of Silence, I think, is another very classic white uh, prison card. Just um, one white, white. Artifacts and enchantment spells your opponent cast cost two more, and you can sack it to disenchant something. I really love this design. The design that, like, you play it, it has an effect, and you can sacrifice it for a potentially better effect, but then you lose the static ability. I, I just really appreciate that design. Yeah, uh, this card is an all-star if you're in the white-based version. So what do you think the good matchups are? I mean, I, I said Huff, I said Creature decks. Liam I, said nothing. No, I mean, that's I, not sorry, what I actually I, meant. I, I sort of cut him off. I think the, the combo decks are, are some of the better matchups just because uh, a lot of times the permanent-based hate is the hardest to beat. Yeah. So the combo decks are like set up, many of them at least, are set up to play through um, like hand attack and counter spells by being threat dense. But if you just make it so that it's really hard to cast spells, uh, it gets way more difficult. So like playing like Storm or Tin Fins or High Tide, like all of these decks really don't want to sit down across from prison because as soon as something like a Lodestone Golem or a Sphere of Resistance resolves, that's going to be challenging. Getting your lands attacked in combo is pretty pretty obnoxious. Um, you don't really care about the creature stuff, but like your hand, your lands, and your converted mana or your your mana costs all matter a bunch. Yeah. Um, so I think those matchups are some of the better ones. But I actually agree with Jer. I think that uh, the prison decks are actually like maybe some of the higher, more high rolly decks in the format. Like totally, you're you're totally, sort of totally. like. If you're planning to try and win with prison, you're trying to win a tournament, like you are planning to just not draw someone at least once a tournament, right? Because you, you we gotta dodge your bad matchups. You you like you really or 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 but a draw what them, we're right? saying is like we're saying the matchups don't really so much matter is like you just have to not beat yourself. Yeah. Like you just have to draw well. Like okay. I, I think that prison has a few like I, I think actually prison has a bunch of like fifty five, forty five, and forty five, fifty five matchups. But they're really draw dependent, hmm. and so, but yeah, so, I, I so think the games can feel not close, but the matchup is actually, I think, closer. I hmm. think prison more than almost any other archetype suffers from just drawing the wrong wrong half of their deck. Yeah. Like if yeah. you draw like all the tax effects against the aggro deck, you're not going to win. If you draw all the wraths against the combo deck, you're not going to win. But if you draw the creature hate against the creature deck and draw the tax effects against the combo deck, like yeah, and you're just like you're just signing up for that when you when you do it right. Yeah. Like when you put yeah. this deck together, you're saying like, well, I hope I draw good today. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are bringing out, reminding me all the reasons why I stopped playing Prison. And I, I want to sleeve it back up and I'm like, oh, right, those, those sevens you draw. It, it, Prison's one of those archetypes. You draw a hand and you're like, nobody can beat this. And then you draw a hand and you're just like, why did I make this deck? <laughs> yeah, I, and I mean, to, to Prison's credit, like, the sevens might look horrible, but some of the fives look great. Yeah. So yeah. it's a deck that can mulligan, right? Like, it, because you are doing something so powerful so early, you can you can afford to mulligan low because turn one Turnosphere is still game ending against oh a God. lot of a lot of decks if you if you get to set it up with something like an ancient tomb or or something of that ilk. Mm -hmm. Well let's go why play prison? And I think uh, I think one of the first things to talk about in there is the ability to metagame. Uh, if you have a solid read on what it is and and you're talking about like, hey I don't want to draw my wrath against this deck. I don't want to draw my lock piece against this deck. If you if you can zero in on what you're going to face, God, prison can be miserable. If you if you like you you tune it in against the right matchup. Yep. Like I was saying, if I had, I mean, there's no there's no world in which Ben is supposed to beat me three finals in a row with Mardu Prison versus Hoof when it's been like tailored to beat there. I mean, that's credit to him and probably shame on me, but you know, so it goes. I mean, it's also just like you can draw badly. Like that's 
Like, as we were saying, that's, that's yeah. the way that the prison deck works. I agree, though, it, when you get to have a read on the metagame, or maybe it's a more predictable metagame, prison can be a, a strong way to go. Like, when, like, like I was saying, when Storm was the best deck, that's actually when we saw more people picking up more prison-esque strategies, because you could, you could choose to target that deck, and then you knew it was going to be a reasonable matchup. Um, I think one of the other interesting things with metagaming with prison is, like, uh, at least in some of like the more blue artifact-based prison decks, like you're getting increasingly more and more tutors as they either come up the come off the points list or as Watsi decides to point or point cards like War of Invention and Adventures right. Fair. Really cool. And effects. so, so all of a sudden you get to make your deck have a few more silver bullets, but you don't have to play quite as many. So like yeah. you maybe don't have to look to play as many rafts because you can use your tutors to find uh, your ensnaring bridge or. Um, your Trinisphere or what have you, and you know these powerful lock pieces we've been talking about, which I think is like pretty relevant as well. I think if I were going to build Prison again right now, it'd probably be blue-based. And sort of like a weird Academy hybrid that also tries to ramp into Wildfire. Because yeah, blue, blue, it's funny because it folds its own tax effects, but it finds them super easily, so you, you find this weird, I mean, maybe you just ramp through it so heavily you just don't care anymore. Yeah. I think the printing of Karn Scion of Urza is a huge boon to these decks as well. It goes into almost every single yeah, one, that, and that, that card is... That card is the oh, Busted. Man. Sorry, the other best card you're not playing... God, I'm, I'm, like, I'm in my pet archetype right now, is actually original Karn. Karn the creature, not even the Planeswalker at all. Silver Golem. No, Karn the Silver Golem. I love this card in prison. It's so good. The Mox Murderer. I'm just not sure it does enough. Well, it used to. Before, you know, cards got better, but it's a five mana creature. It's a four four le legendary artifact. Whenever it becomes blocked or blocks, it gets minus four plus four until end of turn, so it turns into a zero eight. But the ability you actually care about is for one mana, target non creature artifact becomes an artifact creature with power and toughness equal to its converted mana cost. Mox killer. So if they artifact have artifact lands or, or Moxen in play, you turn them into zero zeros and they all die. But the main thing you do with this is you turn your Staff of Nid into a win con. Oh, I'm just thinking, I mean, at, at first I was worried because I've been on the road for so long that I wouldn't have any powerful magic stories. And now that I'm talking about these cards, I've got so many stories. So many stories. That's fine. I'll just I'll write them down so I can talk about them at another time and stuff like that. Yeah, it does feel like you're having a real flood of recollection. Yeah, this is... <laughs> This is why I play Prison, is you get to have these powerful, weird effects. You get to play these funky, weirdo cards. You never get to do anything in there. And, and think about, like, you know, in what world is a 5-mana 4-4 four, four the best card in your deck? Jared would argue never. No, I would I, say... I, I, it, I mean, I would also it's, argue it's, never. It's not. <laughs> like, that card's acceptable, but it's definitely not the best card in your deck. Never uh, was. You're playing Soul Ring. <laughs> yeah. And then you can make Soul Ring the 1-1. One, one. That's not good. Then they can kill your Soul Ring with anything. <laughs> I, Literally anything. Have you ever had your Soul Ring, is it static caster? I mean, I haven't, but that just does not sound pleasant. They could fungal infection your soul ring. <laughs> ah, I see Dominaria draft all star fungal infection. Oh, that card was really good. Yeah. No, like. All right, all right. I will tell a powerful magic story just so you can learn how sweet Karn is. So I have Karn Silver Golem in play. Right. And my opponent is it Karn the Silver Golem or it's just, just Karn Silver? Karn comma Silver Golem. All right, it's just an epithet. Sounds. And then my opponent plays Vidalkin Shackles. Oh god, this sounds like a memory problem this, all over again. I took again. this judge call. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe not, maybe not. And I, 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 I go to attack, 
or sorry, and then in my pre-comment main phase, whatever like that, I animate one of my creatures, I, one of my artifacts, I animate one of my artifacts, I animate one of my artifacts, I'm going to attack, and then before I go to combat, I'm like, and I'm going to animate your shackles. And then they're like, okay. And I'm like, do you have a response? And they're like, no. And I'm no. like, ha, 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 go to attacks. And they're like, okay, activate shackles. I'm like, sorry, you can't. Shackles is now a creature and it has summoning sickness. You can't use its tap ability. And they're like, whoa! That's sweet, come on. No? I, I mean, mean, this really does embody the whole magic is a zero-sum game. <laughs> kind of like, as, you just with like regards to fun. Like, you were like, if we had an advantage opponent. bar, that was fun. And Surge was here, and your opponent was over here. I mean, you have, are having all the fun currently. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I thought, that was, I thought that was a beautiful interaction. That, that is sweet. I mean, that's super powerful. It does, like, force them to make a choice before you actually attack. Uh, which is definitely definitely good. Yeah, and then maybe they can block with a three three, and then you get you just get to get rid of their shackles in that case. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and you oh. can always use Karn when you're going to wrath. You can just like animate all their artifacts and then wrath their board. But what if other people aren't playing artifacts? How's I guess then your artifact you're animating I mean, your the own. only deck that's not playing other artifacts is 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 Blue Moon, and screw that deck. That's not true. That's not true at all. There are not very many artifacts in the really? format right now. No, because. Oh. Everyone has artifact hate to kill Platinum Imperium, yeah. so the cost of putting artifacts in your deck right now is like is as high is as possible. Is pretty high. They like need to be super high impact in order to do it. Like it's really killing my efforts somebody, at building Owling Mine. Some, Very aggravating. Somebody won the last two tournaments before this last Monday with Academy Combo. Huh. People are still trying to hate on the Blue Moon. So like, interesting. Yeah, Molder Slug is probably coming back out soon. That's all I'm saying. I don't even know what Molder Slug is. We'll find out in a second here. <laughs> How do you spell it? Mirrodin, Mirrodin Standard All Star. Molder Slug is a five mana four six green creature for three green green. It's a beast. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, they sacrifice an artifact. So when I first moved to Victoria, Academy was also the best deck. Okay. And this is like the first powerful magic story I literally ever heard. It was like the first Monday tournament I was at, and round one finished. And Nick walks up to me. This is actually the guy who won the last two Mondays. Same yeah. person was playing Academy three years ago. And he looks at me and he says, Doug, turn two, Mulder slugged me <laughs> uh, on his Academy deck. And he did not win. I actually don't know how this Mulder slug got cast on turn two. I also didn't know what the card did until just now. But I assumed it was bad. At the time, I just kind of smiled and nodded. <laughs> but, you know, it didn't, didn't seem good. Of all the artifact hate to play, a five mana four six? That doesn't even do it immediately. No! Look, times were different back then. Also, uh, I mean, this does at least recurrently kill an artifact of their choice. Yeah. At each player, it's symmetrical! Well, sure, you're not playing any artifacts, though. Yeah, you're playing Mulder Slug. <laughs> but in standard, this was the classic hate card for Affinity, and it was just way at too five slow. <laughs> well, like, you also played Oxidize, and you played, like, every shatter in the format and still just died on turn two. Huh. That was brutal. Not pleasant. All right, well... Horrendous. <laughs> wow. All right, apparently I have to make Mulder Slug deck now. Uh, all right, let's talk about this. Any, any sort of conclusions on prison? Conclusions on prison, eh? Yeah. All right. We talked about why play it, you know. Ian's I was like, it. man, I got to get all my jokes out now. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I used all my jokes. I didn't have that many. Yeah. There was a Tortuga joke, but it didn't come up. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. 
<laughs> we didn't end up talking about coastal piracy. What's coastal piracy? That's not a prison card. I know. I just thought there was a chance we might. <laughs> what? <laughs> you gotta be prepared for everything. Ophidian.deck. Coastal piracy. Four mana enchantment. Whenever a creature you control is card right. damage, draw a card. How does that go in prison? Uh, look. Why wouldn't you well, play we set you up now, so you gotta tell it. It's too late. I already ruined the joke. It doesn't what work. What was the joke? I was gonna make some joke about, like, shipping off to the port of Tortuga. I figured, look, I... Uh, I made the joke about Trinidad and Tobago. I thought we might start talking about Caribbean islands. There was like a chance <laughs> we'd go down Man, that you, path. You, like, you lined everything up. Well, you You're know like... how sometimes you like sit there and you imagine how conversations might go in like social situations you'll never be in. I, I do that a lot, but with jokes. <laughs> a lot of jokes that just never come up because no one ever says the like perfect six-word <laughs> setup line I need. On the other uh -huh. hand, Corey's jokes seem to hit every time without the use of speech. It's pretty impressive. So the reasons to play prison and uh, final conclusions on prison. I think prison is an archetype that is very polarizing, much like combo. You either love it or you hate it. Yeah. Um, and I think that if you love it, you should play prison because if that's how you find fun, yeah. great. Magic is designed so that you know we're trying to win a game. And if this is the way that you want to win the game, this is the way that you find it enjoyable, that you find enjoyment, great. Do it. Um, be prepared for some frustrating losses and some pretty epic wins, I think is what I would say. You're gonna yeah. you're gonna lose games that you feel like there's no way you could possibly lose, mm -hmm. and you're gonna win games that you feel like there's no way you could possibly win. That's totally um, fair. Yeah. So it's it's a bit of a roller coaster, not quite the ultimate roller coaster. You you don't have Heartbeat of Spring in your deck. But what is the ultimate roller coaster? Uh, it's five color Heartbeat of Spring Storm. Uh, it's like High Tide, but worse. So Heartbeat of Abjectly. Spring is a mana doubler, and all you do is you play as many mana doublers as possible, then some untappers and draw sevens, and hope to eventually kill them. Uh, it sounds a lot like Enchantress. Like, a lot like Enchantress. In the sense that it's not very good, or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. okay. No, no, in the sense that you could have a turn where you, you draw 20 cards and untap with 100 mana and still do nothing. Oh, yes. Actually, yeah. that's that's about right. In, and, and Enchantress then you is your... easily, like, three tiers above this deck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, my conclusion on Prison, if you want to play a completely different type of magic, if you want to look at what your opponent's doing and just be like, nah, dog, I got my own game over here, um, and and basically disrupt your opponent's strategy in the least interactive way possible, because that's the whole point, is you're not Well, interact most interactive for you, but least interactive for them. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good way of doing that. You Pr interact a lot, but in a weird way. Prison is definitely like zero fun sum yeah, magic Yeah, zero, zero sum fun. Yeah. yeah. I have been told I'm the nicest person who'll ever strip my knock. Oh, that's absolutely true. That's the that's the infuriating thing, actually. It's like you play against Surge and he's doing things where you just should be mad. It's actually it's you and Adam both are like the two most prominent prison players in Victoria. Okay. And you're also the two nicest <laughs> magic players in Victoria, which makes it incredibly aggravating. That's why Liam and I can't play prison. No, I, we, it just wouldn't stand. We'd be lynched. I yeah. <laughs> Maybe not that bad, but yeah, you know, like you or Adam will be sitting there being like, oh, nice, Crucible of Worlds, or I'm going to strip mine you, and then you're like sitting there being like, I should be angry, and yet I feel like it would be wrong to be angry, so I can't. I just like won't be angry. <laughs> they're and just like so excited, they're like, strip mine you again for the sixth turn in a row, and yeah. they're still just so excited, <laughs> and you're just like, And the biggest yep. problem is that they're, you're, you're like that when you're killing us. But you're also like that when we're killing you, and that's why you can't get mad. Is because like I, I had it's a turn against you. Yeah, exactly. Like I had a turn against you where I like had Paradox Engine in play, and I took 25 minutes to find a way to kill you. And you were like, "All right, great, thanks for the game, Liam. That was awesome." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> <sighs> All right, that's my conclusion on prison. All right, well then let's go to our ending segment as we always do. I'm back. 
Time for powerful magic. Oh, I missed that. And up today we have Jer. Uh, Jer, tell us a story. So thankfully I have a good powerful magic story. I managed to win a tournament the other day. Hey, right on. With, with the classic tier one staple <laughs> mono green stomp. Not a tier one deck. Mono green Don't stomping. let anyone tell you otherwise. Yeah. No, sometimes Tier you one. play forest and turn creatures sideways. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it was it's play not... Black Lotus. That was the real Oh, power. oh. Yeah, oh. I, I drew Black oh. Lotus a few times over the night, and my my powerful magic story comes with the aid of Black Lotus. Okay. So I'm playing against the classic, the greenest mage of them all yes. in our local scene, uh, Noel, uh, Pro Tour competitor. Pro Tour competitor, yeah. Uh, day two Pro Tour competitor. Yeah, yeah. right, right, right. Um, and he's playing a black-red wildfire deck. I was able to to sneak game one with the help of his deck not giving him any anything ever. I was stuck on two lands forever, and then and you got he had, more than two lands he, against black-red wildfire. He had all the mana in the world. Uh, had two planeswalkers in play, and then just bricked off and died. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that yeah, was, sounds like prison. Shout, shout out to Noel's deck. <laughs> definitely, wow. definitely MVP of game one. But in game two, uh, he didn't have much of a chance. Uh, I, I mulligan the first six, and my hand is land, land, chrome mox, irrelevant green card uh, that gets imprinted under chrome mox, yeah. steel leaf champion, black lotus. For those of you counting at home, you can, you can play all of these. Yeah. Oh, sorry. And there was there's a Sylvan Library in there somewhere. Which one is Steel Leaf Champion? Oh, maybe, maybe, no. maybe there's only one land. Um, so I'm on my turn one. I'm able to play land, Chrome Mox, Exile the Irrelevant Green card, play Sylvan Library, and he's like, okay, that's a pretty good turn. I'm like, it's but not wait, over yet. More. Oh no. Black Lotus, make green, Steel Leaf Champion. Your turn. What do you do? You so you have to deal with a 5-4 on turn 1, and then at my next turn, before looking at the cards, I just said pay 8 life. <laughs> <laughs> I just drew 3. Oh, the mind game. I mean, it's also just like... Correct. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably just the right choice. You just need to get some cards. Gotta hit, gotta hit your third land drop, you know. Oh, I forgot how good Steel Leaf Champion is. Well, this card's brand new. It's, it's from Dominaria. It's real good. It does seem Especially very on turn one. Highly recommend. Would do again. Holy moly! Yeah, and, <laughs> and so Noel felt very conflicted. I could see he was like excited that like green was green was triumphing, but yeah. he was on the losing end, which yeah. is unusual for him. He's yeah, usually the green true. mage triumphing. Oh, man, I, I remember playing him in the Selesnya mirror, and he just crushed me. And yeah. just, like, looking at each other's decks, he's like, yeah, you just... Everything about you is better than me in, in every measurable respect. All yeah. your creature choices, your deck building, the way you played. If there's a guy I don't want to sit down into, like, against to fight a, like, green mid-range creature oh, yeah. mirror, holy crap, is it him. Yeah. Yeah. Well... All right, that that about does it for our episode today. God, I'm still five four in turn one. It's very good. He just with, me. with Sylvan Library. Powerful magic. Yeah, and the Sylvan Library. Sure. <laughs> the icing you know, on the cake. When when turn one Sylvan Library is like you know, sure whatever. The forgettable part. <laughs> yeah. Holy moly. All right, whatever. That's our episode for today. It's good to be back, and it's good to talk about prison. Yeah, thank you very much for setting me up for for my my favorite archetype on my first episode back. We uh, felt like you needed the softball, you know? Yeah, uh, just like... 
No. The reviews were, they were like, well, Liam and Jared, pretty good show. Probably fine with just the two. No. <laughs> Don't really even remember what it was like when there were other people on it. <laughs> there, the there quality was, sure has gone up these there, past There were suspicions weeks. that we were going to lose a person every week. And so, like, they thought last week's episode was just going to be me shuffling cards for an hour. Just ASMR stuff. Yeah, just, like, next to a microphone. Just looking into Although, the camera. Although, I don't actually think that would be pleasant for, like, 99% of Magic players. Like, I massacre cards. He does. It's bad. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All Sorry, right. I digress. Uh, so thank you so much to everybody for tuning in. Thank you so much to Liam and Jared for doing such a great job while we're out of town. I think I looked at the wrong person as I said the names. That's all right. Our names are interchangeable at this point. Yeah, uh, see how it goes. Uh, and thank you to everybody for your support. And a reminder, this podcast is brought to you by you with your support over at the Patreon at patreon.com slash loneyreadyrun. Uh, and as always, um, we didn't really talk about any deck list, but we'll throw some. Bye. See ya. <laughs>